Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. Nearly 13,000 workers at Midwest Auto Plants in Wayne, Michigan, Toledo, Ohio, and Wentzville, Missouri began their strike last Friday morning. The action kicked off the start of an historic United Auto Workers strike after Ford, Stellantis, and General Motors failed to reach a new contract deal with UAW. This one makes history as the first strike against three automakers at the same time. Today marks day four of that strike. St. Louis Public Radio reporter Andrea Henderson visited the picket line on Friday to hear from workers. We are trying to uh, get ourselves bettered in our wages. Um, 2019, I think we settled for a little not not enough. <laughs> um, we're trying to educate more people, educate our temps, so we can try to get what we need cost of inflation has gone up so much people can't hardly live on what we on what we make the increase of the executives and CEOs they've, they've gotten so much more money just in the past four years and we've gotten very little you know compared it should be it should be close like the, uh, the percentage of increase of their their wage should be it should be the same as, as the people that work down here on the line um, we need enough money to pay our bills to feed our kids groceries and gas have gone up practically doubled since 2019. Um, people are living paycheck to paycheck and, and just aren't surviving. We, just to be clear, we don't want to be out here. Never, none of us wanted to be out here, but it's something that we felt was necessary in order to get what we think we deserve. That was Rodney Smith from North St. Louis, who has worked at the GM Wentzville assembly plant for eight years, as well as Debbie Smith, no relation to Rodney, from O'Fallon, Missouri. Debbie's worked at the plant for 12 years. We'll talk later with a WashU sociologist who will shed some light on what this strike says about our understanding of and attitudes toward work in 2023. Before that, though, let's get more of a grasp on what's brought the United Auto Workers and local UAW 2250 members to this point. To speak to that, we have Sonia Wagner. Sonia is a UAW worker who has been at the GM Wentzville assembly plant for 10 years. Sonia, welcome to St. Louis on the Air. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad that you're taking time uh, to talk with us. Sonia, why is it important to you at this moment to be on strike? At this moment, it is important for our local, UAW Local 2250, to be on strike so that we are able to gain what we feel that is necessary, looking for our fair share. And at this point, we haven't gotten our fair share. And so in order for us to do that, we don't want to go on strike, but we had to in order to fight for our fair share of the profit. Mm -hmm. And what is it that you hope will result from the strike? Can you outline what it is you and your fellow union members want? Sure. We want to end the tears, no more second-class workers, restore COLA, fair pay for our families, secure jobs, no plant closures, and good EV jobs. 
So those are some of the things, the first things, the really important things, all of them are important, but just to outline a few of some of the things that we're fighting for, ending tears means I work along with somebody who's maybe has 20 years. They make the same amount that I do, and I've only been there 10 years, but I'm at top pay. Mm -hmm. They should get a cost of living raise every year to offset the inflation, you know, like we talked about before, you know, inflation has gone up, groceries, everything, and yet we are still making the same amount of money, but the company is making more money than that. Mm-hmm. And not just the company, it's also the CEOs who are making CEOs, more. Correct, correct. The CEOs of the company is what I should say, or making even more. Mm-hmm. And this is to the order of, of many... <laughs> Many more dollars uh, in the millions. How has that been discussed among uh, among you and fellow UAW workers there at the plant in Wentzville? When we sit and discuss what our issues are, looking for our fair share, comparing to you know the CEOs of Ford, GM, Stellantis. There's the gap is way, way, way too big. Now, we don't expect to make what a CEO makes, but we expect to make a livable wage where we can at least even buy the products that we are making. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are not able to do that, even though we are making those vehicles. Right. And so the gap between the CEOs and the uh, the line worker or the daily worker, the gap is too big. You know, the shareholders are getting all the money and all the profits, but yet they're not twinkling them down to us. You know, somebody that's been there 20 years, they're still making top pay with no cost of living raise. And those things were given up in 2008 and 2009. The workers gave that up with the promise that GM would give that back, and that has not happened. And why do you think that delivery has not occurred? (laughs) I do believe the delivery has not occurred because at one point in time, uh, the big three probably felt like they had the advantage. And we did fight for an increase, like someone stated in 2019, Mm -hmm. and ended up settling on much smaller. But at this point, we do have... Uh, Mr. Fain is our new international president, and we decided to go at it a different way because it's time. It's, the time is now for us to get what we deserve. And what were the effects, Sonia, of um, the pandemic? And then, you know, back to the, the recession of 2008, which you have talked about. But what, is there anything that is specific to the pandemic which occurred after that 2019 increase? Well, during the pandemic, um, even though things were, a lot of things were shut down, you know, things were going on. We we had some layoffs as well during the pandemic. However, General Motors still made profits. We still received profit sharing during the pandemic. So the money is there. They're making the money. So we didn't lose any money. We didn't lose that much money during the pandemic. They still profited during that time. Mm -hmm. So you have worked for eight years now, 10 years now? Uh, ten, 10 years. 10 years. And mm-hmm. you're part of an auto worker family. Your father worked at the Wentzville plant when it opened in 1983. And as you've said, you've been there for 10 years. And your brother also works there now. Yes, how, my brother Brian Wagner works there mm-hmm. now. And how has that affected sort of the way that you understand um, this particular strike and then your decision to participate in the way that you are? 
Well, because like I indicated, um, my dad did that Winsfield plant opened in 1983. I am originally from Indianapolis, Indiana, and so is my dad. So I am a legacy to General Motors. So in 1983, my father transferred to open up the plant in General Motors along with his fellow workers. At that time, he knew that my parents had decided that he would take the job, and then after a year, he would come and back and pick his family up and we would move to St. Louis and that's how we got here. Mm -hmm. So it's very dear to me because UAW is all I know. Mm. So it didn't have my father has been in a a UAW worker since I was a child. So Mm -hmm. that's what I know. So that's why this strike is important to me and any other strike or me fighting for our rights in the UAW because I've seen it when it was good, when my when my dad had cola and all of those things and then saw the after after the bankruptcy and after the two thousand nineteen. So that's why it's so important to me because I've seen it on both sides, mm-hmm. on all across the whole dynamic. You know, a lot of people, you know, it's not an easy thing to uproot your family and move to a whole new city. Right. Of and course. So, you know, General Motors has been great as far as um you know, financially, you know, for my parent, for my my family as well. However, the money should have been increased as the time went on as General Motors got themselves back in shape to the mm-hmm. point that they are now. Right. Well, and the extent to which your father must have trusted that he'd be able to sustain his family enough to move from one state to another, I think, says quite a bit there. Um, now, exactly. You will be receiving $500 a week in strike pay. How will you personally uh, fare if the strike lasts for a while? Well, if the strike lasts for a while, I feel that I have prepared myself. We have, you know, it's not something that we just talked about recently, or this is something that we talk about coming into probably this way before the contract is up. You know, last year, we tell people to start saving their money, mm-hmm. save your money, and, and looking at different avenues. At this point, you know, I'm fine. Uh with the $500, because of course it used to be uh, when we had the strike in 2019, I do believe we received $275 a week mm-hmm. or 250 a week. Uh-huh. So the $500 is a great increase and will help a lot of families. And hopefully, you know, um, General Motors will come to a decision and maybe we won't be on strike as long, but we do have the $500 a week strike benefits that's beneficial to mm-hmm. us. We are also taking, um, you know, a lot of people are supporting us, a lot of companies, they're bringing water, diapers, anything that they can out to our union hall that could possibly help our union members that are on strike. Mm-hmm. No. The GM plant in Wentzville is one of just three plants in the country on strike right now. Did you or your colleagues have any idea um, that you'd be thrust into the spotlight in this way? Well, um, at the last hour, you know, because we did not... uh uh, we didn't want to tip our hand because we didn't want we didn't want any of the companies to get comfortable. Mm-hmm. So once that we didn't even know until the last hour. I so see. yeah, we didn't know that Winsville. We didn't know who was going to be chosen. We just knew that they were going to be strategic striking, and then at the last hour, then they determined they uh, 
broadcasted which plants would actually strike. Mm-hmm. So we reached out to General Motors, and they sent along this statement regarding the strike. It is unfortunate that the UAW's leadership uh, decision, or the UAW leadership's decision to call a strike at Wentzville Assembly has already had a negative ripple effect with GM's Fairfax Assembly plant in Kansas and its 2,000 team members expected to be idled as soon as early next week. This is due to a shortage of critical stamping supplied by Wentzville Stamping Operations to Fairfax. Unfortunately, there are no provisions that allow for company-provided sub-pay in this circumstance. We will continue to bargain in good faith with the union to reach an agreement as quickly as possible for the benefit of our team members, customers, suppliers, and communities across the U.S. And that was a statement that was sent by GM on Friday. Sonia, what do you make of that statement? Well, at that statement, I'm uh, the make. What I think about that statement is that that is true. That once the strike happens, it's going to have a ripple effect on a lot of things. And so I am aware that in Fairfax, um, that uh, the stamping part, that they are not able to get that from us, then that, in fact, would then lay their employees off, which they wouldn't get any sub-pay or anything. But we are all in this fight together because whatever is won is for everybody, mm-hmm. not just Winsfield. And that's part of the reason you're doing what you're doing. That is correct. Right. What is it that gives you hope that this effort, Sonia, will produce the changes that you and your local UAW 2250 members want to see and that UAW as a whole is aiming for? What we're aiming for is that we feel that during the strategically striking the way that we have, that we feel that we will gain, uh, we will get major gains made with this contract. Uh, We just want, you know, our pay to be increased. We want to get paid what we're worth. We're looking for a fair share um, of our fair share. We want to get rid of the tears. We want COLA back. We want want incentives for our retirees as well. Mm -hmm. Sonia, thank you so much for talking with us today. I thank you for having me. And just again, if anybody would like to support us, just come on and bring any items out to our local union hall at 1395 East Pierce Boulevard, Winsville, Missouri, 63385. We are there 24 hours a day during this time because we are on strike. We do appreciate your support. We need to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk with a WashU sociologist about this story. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. Welcome back. To expand upon what we've heard about UAW workers on strike in Wentzville, Missouri, which is home to a GM assembly plant, I'd like to introduce now Jake Rosenfeld, Washington University professor of sociology. Jake, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for having me on. So, Jake, let's talk about some of the bigger picture implications of this strike. We've been saying that it is historic um, in a number of ways. In what other ways does this strike stand out at this time? 
Uh, it's a great question. I think, you know, first and foremost, the broader context here is that we've had certainly now six months or so of heightened strike activity. Uh, so this recent dispute follows on the heels of ongoing um, labor stoppages out west, hotel workers in Los Angeles, obviously our Hollywood uh, writers and actors still on strike. And uh, so I think what you've seen kind of in the last year or two, certainly as we emerge from the pandemic, is that workers and the unions that represent them um, are much more willing to uh, exercise their muscle in ways that we hadn't seen in decades. Mm -hmm. And from your perspective, do you think that the, the timing of this particular strike, um, that it has to do with how much activity there has been with unions around the country? Uh, it could be. Uh, certainly we know from past research that um, strikes and especially successful strikes beget more strikes. There's a kind of contagion, contagion effect there. Um, but it also has to be uh, said that um, it's this particular dispute is tied to contract negotiations and just the timing of the auto industry's last contract and when this one expired. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, I, I think as the, your prior guest put so well, um, the last contract was settled prior to all the disruptions of the pandemic back in 2019. Uh, so it's not so surprising that auto workers are looking to update uh, their terms and conditions of work now. Mm -hmm. And as far as historical precedent goes, um, I mean, is there a moment that you can point to where there was this kind of activity among unions? Oh, oh sure. Yeah. So I think... Um, Kind of once you go back historically, it's still the case that um, strike activity, union membership is way, way down from our kind of past heyday and peak of uh, the union movement in the United States. Uh, so it's certainly true that um, recent years we've seen a ramping up of this uh, activity and we've seen the kind of public come along. Uh, and through poll after poll, express real support for unions. But we don't want to overstate the case. Strike activity still remains way below levels that this country experienced in the 60s and 70s. Mm -hmm. What accounts for that? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, first and foremost, just the dramatic erosion of the union movement, uh, specifically in the private sector. And that's um, partly an American story. It's partly a story globally. Um, when you know your labor movement is anchored in kind of the hard hat manufacturing industries, such as auto work, um, as those industries automated and offshored, um, you had a real uh, decline of union workers out there. Um, combined with the fact that it, that unions have made uh, have had real difficulty making inroads into kind of fast growing service work, uh, and you get a um, the result being a real shrunken union. Uh, membership base now compared to uh, periods in our past. Mm -hmm. Now, we asked for callers, and um, Elad Gross, a previous guest on the show, is on the line. He's also running for Missouri Attorney General. Elad, you're on St. Louis on the Air. What would you like to share? Hi, thanks for having me. Um, just, uh, you know, I've been on, I was actually on the strike line with folks back in 2019. Uh, I've been there a few times already uh, now this year. Uh, and I know, uh, you know, that we're actually going to be helping stand up some uh, food pantries if this thing has to go on for a while longer. But um, one, to say one, obviously voicing my support for all of this. But uh, two, um, you know, I, I, I've always kind of seen, in, in especially talking to folks and, and looking at what's going on, it just seems like this is such a big inflection point right now in the American economy as to, 
you know, are folks going to get paid uh, based on this productivity that's going up, but pay really isn't? And, and you see this kind of in so many different areas from, from housing and schools and everything else, which just seems like the gap is increasing over and over again. Right. And I think that gets to, thank you, Elad, um, for calling in with that, Elad Gross. Um, there has been a lot of talk since the pandemic about what essential workers are, you know, who constitutes that group. How much of that do you think... Uh, Jake, has to do with how we're understanding what is happening, not only with the UAW workers, but also like folks with Amazon and Starbucks, whom we've spoken to here. And then, you know, with the the crises that have been happening around um, nursing and teaching shortages. Uh, and, And those folks also have said that they are not paid what they're worth. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic question. So I think we have uh, accumulating evidence that since the pandemic, many of us um, have really started to kind of question the wages and working conditions that we spend so much of our uh, lives working under. Um, and, you know, we have, you know, um, decades and decades of real wage erosion for some of what we termed our critical workers uh, during the pandemic. And now it's coming to a point where a lot of them are asking for their fair share. Uh, so just to take auto workers, the kind of topic of today, uh, I've seen estimates that their real pay is down about 20 percent since 2008. Uh, and since, you know, in recent years, uh, pay has really increased for a lot of workers out there, and it's certainly increased for their executives. Uh, so I think that undergirds um, the activities that we see today. And a, a decrease of 20 percent. I mean, what does that mean when it comes to what like a, a family uh can do? What does that undermine? Yeah, I mean, I would say almost everything, because keep in mind, we've been um, in a pretty high inflation environment, too, for the last three years. Uh, and so as a, as your pr- prior guest um, was making clear, one of the big concessions that the auto workers um, gave up in the in the aftermath of the Great Recession was the kind of ramping up of what are called two-tier contracts. So as she said, workers doing the same job right next to you could be on a different contract schedule and making real rock bottom pay and being offered few, if any, benefit packages. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that, that is really tough in today's um, kind of high price environment. And um, that's, I think you saw that in the, the UPS contract negotiations of prior, uh, earlier in the summer. And you certainly see that as a core demand uh, with the UAW right now, mm-hmm. the end of those types of contracts. So with the UAW, uh, Jake Fain, Sean Fain is the uh, is heading now UAW, and there's a, a stand-up strategy that they are employing. What is stand-up strategy, and is that an innovation, or is an adapt, or is it that is an adaptation that's coming from elsewhere in the world? Uh, yeah, it's an adaptation. We've seen work stoppages of this uh, type in the U.S. before. It's not common for the UAW to strike in this way. Uh, and as you mentioned, we have a kind of new UAW leader. He's been on the job just over half a year now. Um, and one of, you know, I think a key innovation here is that um, you have three plants that are targeted initially, and that means you're only paying a fraction of your membership base uh, strike funds. That allows you to kind of draw out the conflict if necessary, uh, and and offer more generous strike funds than you did in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it obviously remains to be seen how successful it is. But one other thing I would add is that I don't think you would see this type of st- 
targeted strike if Fain and other leaders at the UAW didn't feel like the companies were um, open to bargaining, um, if it just was at a complete impasse, um, my guess is that you would have seen a much more kind of universal strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think it's, you know, it's a positive indication that talks are happening. Okay. And the stand-up, def- like the definition of that, can you talk about what that is? Well, sure. In this one, you're standing up certain plants at a time, and as the prior guest made clear, um, with very little advance warning, because they don't want to tip off the companies about which plants are being targeted. The hope is that you are um, standing up, you're kind of striking against really strategically located plants so that there are ripple effects outward, uh, so that plants that rely on, say, parts or the assembly um, uh, work um, are also affected. So it, it's the hope that you are kind of getting the biggest bang for your strike funds, mm-hmm. bucks, uh, in that way, um, and putting pressure on the companies while also showing the companies you're holding some some of your fire by mm-hmm. not uh, targeting all the plants. And what to what extent do you think that this is happening now, partly because of the technology that is available to people well, it's a good question. I think uh, new technologies loom in the background of this uh, dispute and certainly in some of the other ongoing disputes as well. Um, you know, I think Fain and others are uh, kind of innovating in important ways. Um, I'm not sure how much new technologies are helping them in this way. There are kind of ways to get the word out of which plants are going to be targeted in prior days. But you do have the enormous technological disruption caused by the expansion of electric vehicles mm-hmm. uh, kind of looming in the background here. And how much of that do you think is going to be part of Uh, whether negotiations come out successfully on the side of UAW um, against what the the companies are wanting? I I think it's huge. I mean, I think there are real existential concerns about job displacement caused by the ramping up of electric vehicles, given uh, in general that fewer workers are needed to produce EVs. And so the union, I think, is uh, really actively pushing for job protections. I think there's been some um, criticisms out there that the union is opposed to the transformation to cleaner energy vehicles, but I think that's a bit of a misread. I think the union is making clear it just wants to ensure that the expansion of green technologies doesn't come at the expense of its members. Mm, So that it includes them rather than leaving them behind. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Fain is... UAW's first ever democratically elected UAW leader. I mean, is that a big deal? I, I, I think so. Certainly, if you look to the more recent history of some of the UAW leaders uh, who've been embroiled in corruption scandals. And so Fain came in, uh, it was a really closely contested election, the first one directly elected by members. And I think he's um, an early hallmark of this tenure has been kind of constant communication and transparency with members. Um, which I think could go a long way in earning their trust and repair some of the broken trust given past leadership, uh, especially if this impasse uh, drags out. Mm -hmm. And finally here, Jake, what will you be watching for uh, as as a scholar as this strike continues in the days and perhaps weeks to come? Yeah, it's a great question. First, I'll be watching what's happening to the other ongoing strikes. Um, 
because we know that unsuccessful strikes are also contagious, and mm-hmm. that can really dampen um, workers' morale uh, and union leaders' case to be made to their um, workers that this is that this is still worth it, and it's going to and they're going to come out on top. So the broader environment here is important. Um, you'll be watching, um, you know, public opinion right now. The indications we have is that there's overwhelming support for the workers involved here relative to the companies. Um, And then you want to watch the political environment. So far, the uh, Biden administration has offered kind of, you know, uh, statements of support to the workers. Um, But as the strike drags out and as the economic impact becomes very, very real, uh, you might see that change. Jake Rosenfeld is a sociology professor at Washington University in St. Louis. Jake, thanks again for speaking with us today. Oh, thank you. This episode was produced by Emily Wood. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis on the Air proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.